Well, it's good to be with you today, guys. It's so awesome to be in church on a cold day. We can warm up in here together, bonded together through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And uh, I'm excited to just to welcome you to church, especially if you're visiting for the first time. So impressive that you would come on an icy day like today. And uh, we're glad you're here. And this, there's a place for you here. We have a mission here at our church to help more people more often. You say what? Yes. yes to God. That's what we live for. It's what we work hard to do and pray hard to do. And we want that for you as well. And uh, if you have a chance before you leave today, make sure you stop in the lobby of one of our welcome centers, which is right in the middle, or go to the connections counter and, uh, and just find out all the different ways that you can plug in. There's so much going on here. I don't have time to, to name it all, but we have small groups. We have Bible studies, midweek classes, on and on and on. There's a lot of outreaches that you just heard Dustin mention there, Operation Christmas Child, Thanksgiving Baskets, and so on. And, uh, and not to mention, our worship team also just released their new album a couple weeks ago, and so we're really pumped about that. Yep. Have the coffee bar. If you want to pick up some of the copies for your Christmas gifts, stocking stuffers, whatever. We really believe that the, the message of Christ can go out and help more people say yes to God through the art form of music. It's a very effective way, and so you can. It's not just a nice Christmas gift. It's something that you are helping forward the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I encourage you to do that. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm really excited about today. We're calling today Worship Sunday, and it's going to be a little bit different that we normally do it. Normally at this time in the service, we have about a 30-minute message that will be preached out of the Word of God, and that's good and valuable, and we will always do that forever. But today, we have been praying as a planning team, Pastor Darren and Pastor Sam and I, uh, about just giving the church an opportunity to spend more time in God's presence together, to create space, to create time for us to be with Him and with each other. And that's what we're going to do today. I'm going to talk just a little bit, and, but I'm going to get out of the way as soon as possible so that we can begin to worship together again and let God move. And so I'm just going to take a couple minutes to explain why we're doing that and how we're going to do it. Okay, so the reason we're doing this this morning, first of all, it's the weekend before Thanksgiving, and it's really a great opportunity for us to just express our thanks to God. God is doing good things, amen? And we need to be thankful. But really when it comes down to it, at the core of our being, the foundation of who we are as Christ followers is worshipers. We are called to be worshipers. Jesus says this in John chapter 4. <clears throat> he says, A time is coming, and has now come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Did you know that God is here right now? He's in this room, and he is seeking through every row, every seat, to see if he will find a true worshiper. In verse 24, Jesus says, God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Now notice that he uses the word must there. He doesn't say it's optional. He doesn't say, you know, if you're a really expressive person, then go crazy. But if not, then that's cool. We understand. He says, no, my worshipers will worship and must worship in spirit and in truth. And if you're new to church, if you're new to Jesus, like, like I was, I grew up in a church, but we didn't have, I didn't really have a context for worship. 
I don't really know what happens in worship. And I want to answer that for you. What happens when we get together like this and worship? And I think the best place that we can look is in the book of Acts chapter 2. This is the story of the very first church. The very first people. They just saw Jesus die and rise again and ascend to heaven. And he said, go and make disciples. Help more people more often say yes to God. And I'm going to build my church with you guys, starting with you. And this is what happened when they got together, just like we are today. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So they're hanging out together, they're studying the word, they're sharing meals together, they're praying for each other, they're talking to God, God is present, right? And then check this out, verse 43, I'm, I'm so passionate about this verse, this is my prayer for our church, right here. It says, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. God was doing miracles at church. God was present, doing things that made people wonder, like, how, how did that happen? That, that was weird, or that was cool. I don't understand, but it's awesome. And everyone was filled with awe. Notice that it didn't say anybody. Some people were a little bored. Somebody was nodding off in the back, but, you know. Or, you know, Sharon brought her husband. He doesn't want to be here, but he doesn't want to have a fight, so he's at church today. You know, it doesn't say that. Everyone was filled with awe, and God was doing miracles. You skip ahead to verse 47. It says they were what? Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And I love this so much because as I just told you, our mission from God is to help more people more often say yes to him. And there are a whole lot of ways to do that, and they're good. But I believe that this is one of the most effective ways. When we are a church that worships, when we get together and we're filled with awe, and we get together and God does miracles and signs and wonders, guess what? The people around us in our community are going to take notice. They're going to start to say, you have something that I don't have. I think I'd like some of that. The world cannot offer what God has given us. Amen? And so when we worship with faith and expectation that God will do miracles, he will add more people to our number. More people will say yes to God. There's so many reasons to engage in this process. I love it. So, again, if you're not sure about what to do, where do I start? That's a great question. I think the best place to start as a worshiper is to know this, that God is good all the time. He is good. We need to keep this in our perspective, at the forefront of our mind, and the forefront of our heart. God is good. It doesn't necessarily mean that your life is perfect and therefore you can worship. It doesn't mean that. It means God is good. Period. I want to look at the book of Psalms, chapter 92. Here we see somebody who has this perspective of God's goodness. And I'd like to read it together because I, I believe there's power in speaking the word of God. So Psalm 92 goes like this. Say it with me. Here we go. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night to the music of the ten-string lyre and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. How great are your works, Lord. How profound your thoughts. 
This is a guy that understands the goodness of God. And he comes into his worship time with that perspective. That's where we need to start. And then the next place it's very simple that you need to start is knowing your identity in Christ. Have you ever wondered, who am I? I know my name, but what am I doing here? What is my purpose on, on earth? Who am I? And I want to tell you, if you don't know, the Bible is full of answers to that question. And you should go home and read all of them because they'll change your life. That's a promise. But I've chosen just one scripture that I think summarizes your identity, the answer to who am I, and it's this. 1 John 3, verse 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. If you've ever wondered who you are, the answer is this. You are a child of God. You are a daughter of the Most High. You are a son of a heavenly Father who is holy and set apart and who has lavished love on you. Lavished. He died for you. He rose again. He is not holding back. He is going way over the top. This is who he is. Things can be hard in your life still. We're promised that things will be difficult, but it doesn't change who you are. So this is where we start. God is good, and I'm his child. 